Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speaking for Him podcast. Happy Independence Week here in the United States of America. I am excited for the 245th anniversary of our great nation, and I hope you are too. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, as well as some interesting things leading up to the Olympics, and we'll get into our main topic of the day, which is the five solas, which are five principles upon which the Reformation was based. I have realized of late, um, afresh, how much we need to get back to basics and really look at what the Bible says about key components of our faith. So for the next several episodes, that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to do a series on the five solas, and then we're going to look at some issues that are cropping up in modern Christianity and talk about how they are leading us astray in many ways. Uh, there was a a video that I recently watched which highlighted 15 problems with modern Christianity. And so we're going to we're going to dig into that too. So over these next several weeks, I hope that you'll stay tuned. So we'll get into today's main topic in just a little while. But before we do that, I want to let you know about what is going on. Well, first of all, as I said in the intro, it is uh, the week of the anniversary of the founding of our great nation. Uh, 245 years ago, in 1776, uh, the United States declared independence from Great Britain. And um, I have read the entire Declaration of Independence before on this podcast. I would encourage you to go back into the archives and find that um, because it was a rewarding podcast to do, and I just encourage you to do that as a resource. I may even find it for you myself and include it in the show notes over on my blog, speakingforhim.blogspot.com. So please make your way over there after you listen to this podcast uh, because it will have all of the links for the things that I'm going to share with you today. I came across uh, um, this video by Dennis Prager called Why I Love America. Um if you have not checked out PragerU, I would encourage you to do that. They really give um, some very well thought out, well put together videos that really just give us some good material that we can use to enter into the marketplace of ideas and have a say and not just capitulate to the current culture. And especially at a time when our culture tells us that we are split into two main factions, the oppressed and the oppressor, I think we need to, again, as I was saying about our Christian faith, we need to give back to our basics as Americans. And so I wanted to play you this first clip, which is Dennis Prager telling you a little bit about why he loves America. 
America is the only country that was founded not on a race, ethnicity, or nationality, but on an idea. Limited government, because the founders of America believed first and foremost in liberty. America became the freest country in world history, which is why France gave the Statue of Liberty to one country, America. And America has given more liberty and opportunity to more people from more nations than any country in world history. Yes, America allowed slavery in half of its states, but every society in the world practiced slavery. What rendered America unique is that Americans killed one another in its bloodiest war to abolish slavery and that it eventually became the least racist, multiracial country in history. It remains the only white majority country to have ever elected a black leader. And Africans know how good America is, which is why by the 1980s, more black Africans had come to America voluntarily as immigrants seeking freedom and opportunity than ever came as slaves. I want you to think about something particular that he said. He talked about how every nation in the world has had some form of slavery as a part of its history. But America was unique because we staged our bloodiest war, a war that was brother against brother, in large part because slavery needed to about be abolished. Now, some people will tell you, and rightfully so to an extent, that the Civil War was about states' rights. That is true, but why did the Confederacy want to maintain states' rights? Because they wanted to maintain the right of slavery. And there were people um, fighting against this idea that slavery was appropriate. Um, there were abolitionists like John Brown uh, who, who were making statements against slavery. There were authors like Harriet Beecher Stowe. As a matter of fact, when Harriet Beecher Stowe went to the White House to meet Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War period, he said, so you're the little woman who started this war. Um, because Harriet Beecher Stowe was brave enough to write this book that although it is a novel... It speaks very clearly to the evils and the dangers of slavery. And so as we look to this anniversary of America, we don't look to the anniversary of America supposing that we have no flaws. No, we look to this anniversary of America saying that in spite of our flaws, America is still a great place to live. And that is so very true. And I hope that as you go through this 4th of July, much like we would say on Memorial Day, that it's not just uh, a long weekend, or in this case, not just a holiday weekend, but it is a time to reflect on the good things that we have. Uh, Because there's no other country in the world where you can be afforded the opportunities that we have here in this country. There are so many stories about people who came to this country with nothing and made themselves a great success. And that is because of the freedom that is afforded by our country. 
that leads into the next thing that I want to talk about. Uh, this past week, there was an Olympian uh, who was, or a prospective Olympian who was competing in uh, the Olympic trials, and she won the bronze medal at the Olympic trials in the hammer throw, and she decided to turn her back on the flag during the national anthem and to cover her head with a black t-shirt that said activist athlete on it. Let's talk sports. U.S. athletes uh, Gwen Berry placed third in the hammer throw on Saturday. And as the national anthem began to play with the winners at the podium, take a look. Berry turned her back on the American flag, covering her, covering her face with a t-shirt that read activist, activist athlete on the front. And she's calling it a setup, telling the New York Post, quote, I feel like it was a setup and they did it on purpose. They had enough opportunities to play the national anthem before we got up there. It was real disrespectful. Try to get your head around that statement. Jack Brewer is trying to do that. We asked him to comment on it. Former NFL player, CEO of the Brewer Group. Jack, uh, first off, how, what do you make of this incident? Disrespectful to play the national anthem? They, were gonna, they told her they were going to play it before she got out there? You know what? It's always scheduled to play the national anthem, but it doesn't matter when you're putting on uh, that uniform. Her uniform says America. She's representing America, uh, and the U.S. Olympic Committee needs to do something about this garbage. Uh, but what really saddens me uh, is that we have a culture now in our country, and it's growing, a culture of people who disrespect our nation, disrespect our flag, and disrespect our anthem. It, it, it shouldn't be allowed. When you think, look back and think about greats like Jesse Owens, uh, who overcame real uh, racism and overcame, uh, you know, all the issues that came along with that, who, who was a, a, a grandson of a slave, uh, who was the son of a sharecropper. He stood on the podium and proudly represented this nation. And she claims to be standing up against racism. Well, I have news for her that there are a lot that came before her that went through real racism. And the only reason they got through it is because they live in America. where We have a constitution that allows us uh, to go after our freedoms and to become whoever we want to become. And we need to start to educate these athletes. We need to start to educate these youth that are being indoctrinated now in our schools, being indoctrinated by this liberal media, uh, and that are starting to hate this country. We have a massive divide, and it's not because of President Trump. It's not because of conservatives. It's not because of the patriots in America. It's because of this leftist mentality that doesn't appreciate what this country has done for them allowing them the freedoms to be able to go out and participate in sports like this as a black woman. So many black women have gone through so much to be even be able to get into this situation. And so she's being completely disrespectful for all those that have died for us. And I'm just sick and tired of seeing it. So you have this athlete competing in the hammer throw, getting a bronze medal at the Olympic trials and saying that the playing of the national anthem at said trials was a setup. Now, I don't know how they do things at the Olympic trials, but quite frankly, I was surprised to hear that they don't just play it at every medal ceremony. I guess I understand being that they're all from the U S that it might get a little old hearing the national anthem 12 or 15 times in a day, depending on, how many events they are doing at the trials. So I guess I understand from that perspective why they would only play it once a day. But the national anthem is something that is expected at every medal ceremony. 
And so for an athlete like Gwen Berry to act like it was a setup and that it, that it bothered her, like it was almost an assault on her to, uh, to hear the national anthem. That is a huge issue because when she puts on that uniform as, uh, as was discussed in this clip, she is representing the United States of America. And that's Jack Brewer's point. Like, if she doesn't want to represent the United States of America, then that is okay. But she's choosing to be a part of something bigger than herself when she is participating in the Olympic trials. So I do think there needs to be something done about this. I don't know what the U.S. Olympic Committee is going to do. I know that the the International Olympic Committee has some pretty stringent rules about proper decorum on the podium and that it's not uh, necessarily a place to protest. Again, I don't know what is really going to come out of that, but I just feel like uh, it is important for us to have the proper respect for our country. And again, this isn't about our country being perfect, but it is about the fact that we live in a country and we have a government where we can correct things through our Constitution. We ultimately corrected the scourge of slavery in this country by an amendment to the Constitution. We corrected women's suffrage. We allowed for women the right to vote by a constitutional amendment. These are things that are very specific to America. When we have a grievance against the way that our government is being run, we can vote in new laws. Or we can have a petition drive like the Unlock Michigan drive that we had last year to limit the governor's powers. And the court recently said to the Secretary of State, you have to verify this petition. You have to move on it. Because that's the way our democratic republic works, is that we are able to have petitions and we are able to have votes to make changes in America. So that by its very nature tells us that we understand that sometimes there are changes that need to be made in America. I've heard it said that it's kind of unique that so many people I've heard it said that it's kind of unique that so many people who hate America and what America stands for, refuse to leave America. It seems to be a great dichotomy to me that on one hand we have thousands of people lining up to come into our country, and yet we have other people, so many other people, who are talking about how bad it is to be in America, how evil we are, and, and we're telling our kids 
that there's nothing to be proud of here in America. Being proud of America does not mean uh, saying that America is perfect. It actually means the quite opposite. It means that we see our flaws and we talk about what we had to do to improve those situations. That's what being an American is about. Well, I have one more clip to share with you, and that is from Fox Business. Steve Hilton, who is a uh, a Fox News contributor and I think has his own show, he is a newly minted, as is said in the clip, American citizen. And this is what he had to say about what it means to be an American. Uh, Chloe Kim, who won uh, snowboarding in 2018, she she won the gold medal in women's halfpipe snowboarding. And her dad, her, her parents moved here from Korea when she was a kid, and her dad was waving the America flag, American flag. And he was chanting Team USA. He was so proud that he was able to work so his daughter could win a gold medal for such an incredible country. And those are the type of people that I, I like being represented by. Last word, Steve. Listen, the really deep point I think we've got to bear in mind, especially when she's kind of protesting on the basis of race, is that there's no other country in the world where, as an immigrant of any race, you can go there and become like we are here, an American. You go to the you, you go to England, you're never going to be considered English. However long you're there, you, I'm, my parents are from hun- Hungary. You, you think you can be an immigrant and go to Hungary and, and be treated as a Hungarian? You go to China as an immigrant? They'll never accept you as Chinese, yet anyone in the world can come to America and be an American. That is something that is unique, it's incredible, and we should be totally proud of it, even as we work to improve it. So everyone who's here has equal opportunity. And by the way, that is the whole point of America. America. That's the idea that it was founded on. And we ought to keep working towards yeah. it. And as we do so, be proud of it. I, w- I don't want you to miss what he just said there. First of all, in the example given by the host who's interviewing him, talking about Chloe Kim, who won uh, the half pipe snowboarding in uh, 2018. I had the privilege of watching her gold medal round. I watched her win the gold medal. I watched her father, uh, wave the U.S. flag and chant USA and be like super excited that his daughter was competing as an American. He was proud to be an American. And there's one thing that I have thought about a lot over the past several years, and that is America used to be known as a melting pot. Why? Because you come here from all over the world, you bring your culture, your background, you, you, you spice up America with that. You share your culture with others. But at the end of the day, when you came on to our shores, you ultimately said, it's because I want to be an American. And so all of these cultures, all of these traditions, all of these nationalities, while enjoying the richness of those cultures, they also became a unified group known as Americans. And that is a beautiful thing. As we approach Independence Day, it's one of my favorite things about the United States of America. I love hearing stories about people who become United States citizens and all the, all the sacrifice they give up in order to do that. 
But we've taken that melting pot and we have instead become, in large part, an ice cube tray. We've said we want to come to America, we want to have certain benefits of America, but we don't really want to become Americans. We just want to be in our own compartmentalized society. We want to keep every single bit of our culture here in America and not assimilate into becoming Americans. Hear me clearly. I'm not saying that you your native culture is not important. I think it is. I think anybody who's raising their children should and explain the significance of the culture in which they come from. It's an important part of who we are. We're all different. It's part of God's creativity that all of these nationalities exist. Remember, they came to exist after the Tower of Babel because they didn't go throughout the whole earth and become fruitful and multiply. They unified. They had one language. They said, we're going to make a name for ourselves. We're going to build a tower up to the very heavens. And God said, no, you're going to spread throughout the earth. You're going to do what I asked you to do. And so he confounded the language, Genesis chapter 11. And that's why we have the great, colorful creativity of many cultures throughout the United States and the world. But I I always thought it was really neat to live in the United States where all the world wanted to come. Because, you know, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And what's unique about the United States is that so much of the world comes here. I'm going to repeat this quote by Alexis de Tocqueville that I have repeated before on the podcast. Alexis de Tocqueville said that he came here to see what was the secret of America's greatness. And he said America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And what did he point to as the source of the greatness of America? It wasn't about the crops that they grew. It wasn't about the the economic prosperity that they had. It was about the fire in America's pulpits. It was about a people surrendered to God and everything economic or otherwise came out of that passion. Hear me clearly, I am not a prosperity gospel preacher, but I do know this for a fact. God cannot economically bless someone or a nation who turns their back on his principles. It just can't happen. And we as a nation need to get back to the basics. We need to turn to him who created us, who loves us, who gave us so many blessings. Benjamin Franklin said it this way. He said, I know that God governs in the affairs of men. You know, some people say that Benjamin Franklin was a deist, but that's not true because deism 
purports that God created the world and left us to our own devices. Benjamin Franklin wasn't a believer in Jesus Christ. He said, I was almost persuaded by George Whitfield to become a Christian. He did not become a Christian. And yet he said, God governs in the affairs of men. He said that was the only way that America could have come to be. As I mentioned earlier, on today's main segment, we will be talking about the five solas of the Reformation. And I want to just give you a little bit of an introduction and our quote of the day. Um, so uh, let me start with the quote of the day, and then I'll give you a little intro into why I decided to pursue this topic on today's show. So our, our quote of the day at actually comes from John Bunyan. John Bunyan was the writer of The Pilgrim's Progress, which we featured uh, earlier this year on the podcast. And John Bunyan says, Indeed, this is one of the greatest mysteries in the world, namely that a righteousness that resides with a person in heaven should justify me, a sinner on earth. There's a lot of depth to that statement. The fact that the righteousness of God in heaven can reside in us is amazing. The Bible says it this way, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What a wonderful reality that is. So now let me give you a little bit of an introduction as to why I wanted to do this series on the five solas. And just like any other series that we do, it may sometimes not come sequentially because other topics or interview opportunities come up. That's just a fact of the way we do things here on the Speaking for Him podcast. But I'm very excited to be able to begin this series. And this actually happened um, because... On Father's Day, um, we watched a a documentary about the Reformation, um, and it was told through the lens of someone who was formerly Amish, because the Amish was actual. The Amish were actually a group um, that came out of the Reformation, and. It was really interesting to watch this documentary and to hear about that and then just to see kind of the sadness of how how uh, some of these groups, particularly the Amish, as they were speaking about it in this documentary, who came out of the Reformation and were like, we want to uh, get away from the Catholic Church's notion that only the priests can tell you what to believe, only the clergy can read the Bible. And then the Amish actually ended up embracing a lot of what they had originally left. And in the course of this documentary, um, Joseph Gruber, who was the 
director and the creator of the documentary, he talked about the five solas, which are basically five principles that are scripturally based, that the reformers um, based their rebellion against uh, the organized Catholic Church of the time on. And I just have been thinking a lot about how basic those beliefs are and how important it is to believe the right thing and to teach the right thing. We are told in Paul's epistles, I think it was in Timothy, that he told Timothy to commit the things that I've taught you to faithful men that they may be able to teach others also. And when I first started this podcast, the goal was to teach truths faithfully to draw people closer to the Lord Jesus. And so that is my heart behind starting this series, Back to Basics. The Five Solas is where we're starting the Back to Basics series. And I'm just really excited about where God is going to bring it in the coming weeks. So today we're going to start with a a brief overview of those five solas. But before we do that, let me share with you the trailer for this documentary. And you can find this documentary on Amazon right now, streaming on Prime. Can time stand still in small pockets? How is it that in the middle of one of the most technologically advanced nations in the world, there are still people that look like they stepped out of another century? Lester started reading the Bible like he never had before. And this was a stir. This is not right. You can't be doing that. Leave that Bible alone and just preach the way you're supposed to preach. Among the Amish in America, they still use the old German script. It is a reprint of Luther's German Bible. For this film project, we will examine the effects of the Reformation era through the lens of the Old Order Amish of America. So I would wholeheartedly uh, recommend that you check out that documentary, The Amish and the Reformation. Again, I will have information on my blog about that. And one thing I wanted to point out before we go further is just this idea that was brought out in the trailer. He's interviewing his mother um, about their experience with the Amish church because they came out of the Amish church. And what happened was even the preachers, at least in their um, community of old or Amish, even the preachers were not expected or allowed to spend a lot of time in the scriptures. And what happened was Joseph's father, Joseph Gruber's father, started reading the Bible. And he was like, the Bible is talking about a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible is talking about putting these things first, not the traditions. That the ministers don't, by nature of being ministers, know the best way to do things that in the reading of the scriptures, that's when true reformation can come. So that just inspired me to realize how important it is for us to know the truth. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we are living in an era where the devil is 
really working overtime to make the ungodly seem godly. And so I think it's important, as I said, for us to study some of these things. So what are the five solas? I'm going to go through them one at a time and discuss each one individually. Okay, so the first one is Sola Scriptura, uh, by Scripture alone. And I have two scriptures that back that up. One is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. The Apostle Paul is telling Timothy that all scripture is good for four things, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And what is the reason? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work, or unto all good works, as the King James says. So, if you want to be furnished on every good work, take the whole of Scripture. My next passage comes from Mark seven ten to 13 Because lest we think that the adding to Scripture or the making traditions equal to Scripture is a new thing, we can go to the New Testament and read this, which Jesus said to the Pharisees. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curses father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such things do ye. And that's Mark seven ten to 13 and this is significant for the reason that we are to give our time and our money to God. But God is the one who gave us our family, and so God is the one who gives us the responsibility of our family. And so, if you use God as an excuse not to fulfill your God-given responsibilities, you are putting tradition above the scriptures above the commands of God. And that is not something that is okay with God. When we as Christians use supplemental materials, we use them to explain the word of God. We use them to bring further clarity to the word of God. We do not elevate another text to the level of the word of God. And there are, there are many um, factions who claim to be Christians, but they have these extra texts of people that they revere, revere to the level of God. I've already mentioned how I've read books by Mormons before, and I had the experience of reading a book and having them quote, 
more from the Book of Mormon than they did from the Bible. So they couch it as if they are putting more stock in the Bible and that the Book of Mormon is just supplemental, but it actually seems that it is even more important to them in some respects than the Word of God itself. The next one is Sola Fide by Faith Alone. Romans three twenty two to 24 Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, the Bible says that the righteousness of God is by faith. And this is another instance where people get hung up. They say, well, well, I believe in Jesus, but I also believe I have to work for my salvation. Now, as we'll discuss even a little later, works are important, but they are the result of your salvation, not a requirement for it. The third one is Sola Gratia, by grace alone. Not of not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So in this case, we see that it's not by works that we're saved. For people that believe that works uh, will save them, the question I would have for each of them is, how do you know that your works are enough? How do you know when you've done enough works to get yourself into heaven? And the answer is, none of us do because none of us can. And the greater answer even than that is that none of us are good by nature. Paul said, in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing. The only good thing that dwells in me is the Holy Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next one is Solus Christus or Solo Christo, Christ alone or through Christ alone. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. For Christ also hath suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. He suffered once for sins. Meaning, he was the only one that could suffer for our sins. I can't suffer for my sins, you can't suffer for your sins, and we certainly can't suffer for each other's sins. Only God could send his son to suffer on our behalf. 
Christ is my only claim to the kingdom of God. And then finally, so Deo Gloria, glory to God alone. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. So, we see in these five principles, these five solas, we see the wonder and the majesty of a God who wants everything done decently and in order. The problem that we often have as human beings is we try to humanize the things that God tells us. Because as much as we know about salvation, it is still at its very best quite uncomprehendable to the human mind. The Bible says that the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But it is the power of God to everyone who believes. And I am so very excited that I have come to believe in Jesus Christ and to know without a doubt that he is in control. That is a blessing of great proportions. And so I hope as you've listened to this podcast that it's given you a lot to think about. As I said, we will continue to study these five solas, these five principles in greater detail in weeks to come, as well as some other aspects of basic Christian doctrine and belief, and I hope that you will continue to be along for the ride. Please make sure that you let us know what you think of the podcast. You can contact us um, with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. And I hope that you have a wonderful week and that you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.